This is Roof English Radio with Darenata, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. This is Roof English. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your time. I'm in Eilstava in the east of Iceland today, and I am with Eli Thor Vido, who is going to tell me about East Highlanders, a company that caught my attention when I saw that they offered axe throwing. And the reason that, that caught my eye is that when we lived in Edinburgh, just around the corner from our flat in Edinburgh, there was a place that you could go axe throwing. And the Viking in me was very interested in this idea, but we never got around to doing it. And then I saw that East Highlanders was a company that had been offering this particular activity. Ellie, thank you very much for your time today. Now, tell me firstly, is it something that you still offer? Yeah, it is. Nice to meet you. Hi, hi. Hi. So we offer axe throwing for groups, uh, most of 10 people or more. So if you have a group traveling in the region, we can meet you and Mm -hmm. we... Do some shikanagan shakahalala. My English not is going <laughs> back and forth, as you probably know when you have another first language. When we talk about axe throwing, yeah. how authentic an experience is that? I don't think we, they do, we do the exactly the same what they did. Uh, but thanks to Hollywood, we have seen some <laughs> versions of it. Yeah. Uh, back in those days, they would use it like mostly to chop wood, to hunt. Uh, according to my research, it was more for the Norwegian Vikings. But as we come from the Norwegian people, yeah. um, I think we, we have some uh, authenticity about it. Yeah. And uh, with uh, the product that we offer and the activity, uh, to do it just under the bare sky, uh, to do it in the woods, mm-hmm. because as you probably know, and most of the listeners know, we don't have that many woods in the country. Uh, it is another feeling to stay, be surrounded by trees, and then you have yeah. the big target in front of you. And the main difference uh, between uh, our targets and like uh, the mainstream axe throwing uh, places that you can go to, yes. is that we just have, have a tree that has been chopped into targets, so it's not uh, collided together with like several several uh, blank, uh, planks of timber. So it is like you're going back in time. It's only a very small part of what your company does. And we'll get on to the rest of that. But we're meeting today in the foyer of the Herath Hotel in Eilstadter. If we would start throwing axes here, I think we'd be thrown out. But <laughs> those who've done it say that it's a really sort of cathartic feeling. It's a real release of anger and energy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it Def- that? Definitely. It can be that. But uh, what, what we promote is not uh, do not think of someone's face when you're throwing it <laughs> it's where's your, the fun in that <laughs> you can do it if you don't tell me but okay okay it is can be stress li- stress relieving i can tell you like after long days I, I i sometimes go to the woods and like throw it like <laughs> so it can do that uh, and uh, so yeah okay now east highlanders is the company that you own you like to make memories for people visiting mm-hmm. east iceland Tell me about your journey to owning the company, because it is a fascinating part of the story. It is, it's true. And uh, we can go even further back, like how I ended up in this place. Yes, do that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. back in 2014, I was just a city boy in, in, in the big capital of Reykjavik. And uh, the thing is, my mother and her former partner, uh, he, he is from this region. And in 2014, they decided to move here to the east and I was working back then for a company in Reykjavik as an account manager. So I decided, hey, I'm just going to use my summer vacation, help you guys out to move all this way and uh, then use the rest of my vacation to refurbish your living quarters and the house that you're taking over 
and uh, back then we need to break up all the concrete flooring mm -hmm. and pour it again. So we made those plans and it was all set in stone. But uh, just a couple of days before they started to move, I got called into the office in the company I was working at and uh, I met the CEO and he told me he needed to let me go. And the reason was they were closing down the company, the concept that, that we were working with uh, was not ready for the Icelandic market. Mm -hmm. So suddenly I got three months off uh, with pay. So I changed all my plans and said, hey, I will just go with you and spend the whole summer with you. And uh, which was really nice. Uh, I've never been to this region before. And uh, during the summer, I felt great. And I can tell you the weather here, much better than Reykjavik. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll carry that on in a second. But the fog here, this is as well known, this part of Iceland it can be as well known for the fog as, as San Francisco is for the fog. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and uh, that is one of the magics that we have here. Yes. And the fog, uh, I would say it's like... It, it is at its peak, uh, especially in the in the spring or the autumn, but uh, in the winter not so much. So it's just like when you have to do with some rainy days. Yeah. It was astonishing yesterday because I drove out to the coast yesterday over the hill mm -hmm. and couldn't see anything at one point. It was incredibly creepy and incredibly atmospheric. Yeah. So then you then you probably found out uh, uh, like with the old sagas. Yes. When when we talk about in the sagas like this monster that you saw, like it made you realize, like, it is probably that people thought they saw it back then. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd like to believe that the worm monster is real in, oh, yeah. in, in the lake for sure. Okay, so you were telling me that you think the weather is better here than in Reykjavik, and you've now been here for quite some time. You thought you'd be here for a few months, but your time in East Iceland is, is racking up much more than that, isn't it? So I spent the whole summer, and in the autumn I basically had to make a decision. Uh, would I go back to Reykjavik, uh, find myself a new job and a new apartment because the lease of the apartment that I had back then had uh, ran out in June. Mm -hmm. So I had jumped back over the weekend uh, and uh, packed, out, packed down my stuff and put it into a storage. And uh, in the autumn I decided, hey, I never lived anywhere else but in Reykjavik. Mm -hmm. I will try one winter. Okay. Now it is almost 10 years and I can tell you it's been a really, really long winter. <laughs> So, back in uh, 2019, I left uh, the company I was working for here in the region and uh, I got a phone call from a good friend of mine that knew that I was searching for a job and uh, she asked me basically because she runs the hotel in the forest of Hatlamstadur and said, hey, would you like to be a guide? Like, yeah, why not? I'm, I'm open to everything. I love adventures. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. Uh, owner of the company East Highlanders is going to call you, you will meet up and he will explain everything. So, like everybody, sure, why not? You only live once, yes, as yes, somebody says. Yes. So we met up and uh, he offered me a job as an ATV guide. Uh, that back then the company was running ATV tours in the forest. All-terrain vehicles? Yeah, yeah, like quad bikes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I met, met with him sounded like a good thing he offered me to do a tour in the in the forest and just to see how it works and uh, we end up making a deal and i agreed so for the summer of 2019 i worked as an atv guide then after the first month i was uh, getting ready to invoice my salary for the first month and uh, called the owner just to get the the, the basic information the id mm. and all that and uh, 
he basically does not give me the information and says, Hey, Ellie, can you meet me for a coffee? I will give you the information then. <laughs> so I said, okay, sure. I can meet you after like half an hour. So we meet up back at his, uh, back at, uh, his house. Yes. And uh, he looks at me and becomes really serious and says, Ellie, you're really good at this job. My immediate response is, yeah, oh, thank you. Uh, it's fun. I love it. Yeah, you're going to buy the company. <laughs> and after one month in tourism, I had never worked uh, directly in, in the travel industry or tourism before, even yeah. though I had been on the sidelines. So my response was like, hey, hold your horses. Let's back up a little bit here. Buy the company? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so after some talking, we came to an agreement and uh, decided that... Uh, I would not invoice my salary for the summer, but in the autumn. And uh, during that time, I would think about if I wanted to purchase it. And uh, so during that summer, I calculated a lot. I think I became an Excel master in my yes. family. Yes. Uh, I saw the potential. And uh, the thing is, in our region here, uh, it has not been so much growth in the in the activity business. And uh, Today we have a quite a couple of companies that have activities, but back then it was just this company yes. and uh, a couple of horse riding companies. Yeah. So I decided to purchase it and uh, we finished the paperwork in December 2019 and then I took over the company 1st of January 2020. But like, uh, like everybody knows, and I think the listeners especially know, yes. about two months later we all got a special present into our lives. And, uh, but I will admit, even though we got a pandemic for the first year running the company, this is something that I would do all over again. Really? Because running a company and uh, running a project that you really believe in, in, in hard times, it is the best school you can ever go through. Well, if you got through COVID, if any company got through COVID, oh, yeah. the chances are they are a company that has picked up all kinds of experience when it comes to dealing with threats. And your story is fascinating because you've done two things that you certainly didn't expect. I don't want to say you did them accidentally, but you did them unexpectedly. You moved to the other yeah. side of the country and you bought a tourism company. Oh, yeah, definitely. Neither of these things you imagined you'd be oh, doing. Definitely not. <laughs> and the thing is, like, uh, back in 2019, I thought the tourism thing was completely over. Really? Like, I, my general idea that this was a bubble, because back in 2014, when I come here, yeah. like, uh, tourism isn't really a thing. It's just like a extra job or a side hustle. In the east, you mean? In the, yeah, in yeah. the eastern region. Yeah, yeah. So you can't believe like I had to th really think this through. And uh, and the thing is like that I'm grateful for this opportunity is because uh, the owner, the former owner and me, were, we have become really close friends today. And uh, how we talk about this is like our baby. So he, he thinks about the olden times and I'm going the new path. Yeah. And uh, so... After this time, and especially after you get into this business and talk to your other owners and talk to the, your guests, you can see, like, without a doubt, that there is future in this business, especially in the rural parts of the country. I think the limit to growth in those parts is probably transport at the moment, because if someone flies into Iceland and they fly into mm -hmm. Keplavik, as things stand, they mm -hmm. then have to transfer to the domestic airport, which mm -hmm. is an hour away, and then fly on to Ilstadir or on to Akureyri or wherever it happens to be. Now, 
There are plans to change that. Direct international flights into Akareri and Eilstada. It's been much discussed over the last couple of years, as indeed have been the problems around getting that up and running. Are you confident? Is that something that you think will happen specifically with Eilstada? Yeah, it, it is a long journey. And uh, as we all know, good things uh, take a long time. And uh, we had uh, the, it was almost, we almost gave birth to this idea last year because uh, for this summer of 2023 there was plans for the airline Condor mm. uh, from uh, Germany, if I remember correctly. Uh, they were planning to fly once a week to the airport of Eilstadir mm. and then up north to Akureyri. But uh, plans did not make quite work itself out. But like you probably know, we have our saying, yes. or it will work itself out. Yes, yes. And uh, But... Uh, for the for the accommodation situation all that like uh, this happened all a little bit too late but uh, condor gave out a press release uh, just before this summer and uh, they are still intending to fly here and uh, as far as i know they have made a commitment to make this experiment for a couple yes. years not just flying once during uh, the summer yeah so like with this market like you have to have to be patient so yes. after five six years but such potential here and in the north and in other areas that could be connected internationally mm -hmm. perhaps because there is so much going on in east iceland let's mm -hmm. take that as an example that's where we are you could absolutely fly in to eilstadia from anywhere in europe say even in the usa oh, yeah. and spend two weeks here without ever going near the capital oh definitely and uh, with growing numbers of travelers then of course like we know the service will grow with it but it is it is always the debate like uh, w which came first the egg or the chicken mm -hmm. like the hen and uh, so it is it has to be in balance yes but we should also look at this the other way around yeah. because the potential for connections to Europe mm -hmm. and the USA for people who live here, who yeah. live in East Iceland oh, yeah. and who live in the north of Iceland, because at the moment you would have to fly to Reykjavik and then carry on somehow to Keflavik if you wanted to leave the country pretty much. Oh, definitely. And uh, we have had, uh, especially in the autumn, uh, there have been direct flights from our airport here because it, 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 it is rated as an international yes. airport. Yes. And uh, so many of the, the locals here they use the time to go. Like I've done this a couple of times, not since uh, after COVID, but before COVID. Me and my my partner, we went, uh, for example, to Edinburgh, a lovely city, and it I is. really want to go back. Yes. <laughs> so we took a direct flight, stayed for I think four or five nights, and then flew straight home. Yeah. I did once see Eilstadler as a destination on the departures board, actually oh, really? at Edinburgh Airport. Yes, and so that would have been a charter flight then from a company. Yeah, so yeah. there's a charter flight uh, from a travel agency. And uh, this was basically the, the, the first thing that get, got the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. And uh, then with, uh, with the good people here that are more connected to the, the flight industry, they have been working on to get direct flights to the region and from it. It's also, going back to tourism, I suppose, it's, it's about spreading the load as much as anything else, isn't it, around the country. So there isn't so much pressure on the Golden Circle mm -hmm. and on infrastructure near Reykjavik. Mm -hmm. it, it's a win-win situation if more people see the rest of the country, oh. it seems to me anyway. Oh, definitely. And the thing is, uh, especially how, how people talk today, like uh, when you go on the south coast, uh, most of the, of the guests that we get here that are driving themselves, 
they usually talk about uh, we have so much mass tourism on the south coast and when you get up here to the east and then especially the north yeah. uh, you feel like you're completely alone in the world so i completely agree that we need to spread the load like because uh, in the south coast especially like uh, it is not good for the nature and for our country to overflow it with people like doesn't matter whether where they're coming from mm. but uh, to have them here in in East Iceland and in the north, like we can see, like uh, direct connections, like we can mirror mirror ourselves, especially here in the east, with uh, with uh, Westfjords. So yes, yes. And uh, talking about the Westfjords, like what has helped the industry grow here for the last couple of years is uh, especially the cruise lines. Yes, and that's a whole other conversation, isn't it? When you have those gigantic ships which are so physically dominant. Mm-hmm. I'm very struck by an image I saw from Isafjörður a few weeks ago where the ship looked almost as tall as the mountains overlooking the town. Oh yeah, they, they can be intimidating. Yeah. But uh, with, uh, with most of the, the cruise liners that come here, they have not been that super big. So the biggest ship, uh, if I remember the numbers correctly, was about 2,300 people in one ship that came. But uh, we see like how I experience it we see that we have more and more of smaller ships. And uh, I think that is just uh, a really, really positive way yeah. to, to see that this is turning out to be. Like, I would rather have three smaller ships with uh, like 500 passengers or so on board. Yes. And uh, then it's definitely as how things are right now, we can service everybody. Your company is East Highlanders, and that references the closeness to the highlands mm-hmm. i think which is very significant it's something you really feel here in the east that you are very close in a way to the interior and if you drive to eilstather from akureyri that's the only bit really of the main road that cuts into the interior oh, yeah. of the country definitely and uh, the thing is like because we talked about i'm born and raised in Reykjavik, mm. uh, the closeness to nature and the mountains and everything you have the mountains right in your face right here and uh, Back when I used to live in the capital, I loved to go angling or just enjoying nature. And uh, usually that would cost me about like one to two hours of driving to yeah. get to completely unspoiled nature. When you're here, in, especially in Eilstadir, it takes you less than five minutes to go in your car, drive right. in one direction, and just turn it off, lock the keys, put them in your pocket, and then you just go walking. Then you have completely uh, untouched nature. Uh, you have the wildlife and everything like just in basically in your backyard but at the same time you've got everything you need here in town everything you need in Eilstadir the adventures that you want to create and the memories that you want to create for visitors now we've mentioned the axe throwing what else in this amazing part of Iceland do you want to offer so our main objective and goal is as you say create memories and uh, for the last couple of years after Covid especially we want to branch out so we decided to look at the history of the company and uh, back in 2010 when uh, the first owners opened up uh, they were offering super jeep tours uh, showing people the highlands showing people uh, secret locations that are not so secret anymore and uh, we looked back and uh, we decided to go back to the, the origins so today as you mentioned we offer the axe throwing and uh, custom create uh, itineraries for groups and then as well we do like private tours for small groups 
Uh, our group size ranges now for this season that is about to finish, uh, one to four passengers. And uh, in my heart, I believe that you would rather go with a small group instead of going into a bus that takes yes. 50 people. And especially after you know what, in 2020 and 21. And uh, so the idea is to go like our most popular destination for this year has been uh, Stuylaki Canyon. Mm. And uh, there we go all the way. So like some tours that I've seen and witnessed, take people to the walking path to the canyon and the guide just waits. So instead we go with the people, tell them like, if I'm going, I tell you stories about uh, my adventures in the valley. And uh, I have so many. <laughs> we're having our conversation in the middle of September. So we're getting towards what would have been considered the end of the season. But certainly in parts of Iceland, the season never seems to end. Basically the summer season is our main season during the year. Uh, for example, we are now recently put uh, into the, uh, put live uh, our winter tours. So winter tourism has not been a big thing here, uh, but it has been changing gradually. Uh, I don't know if you talk to your listeners, listeners about the uh, work baths, the bath place that we have here in the region. I've not had time to go on this trip. I've got the leaflet. I really want to go, but I don't have time before I fly back tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you will do it next time. Next time, for sure. So yeah, yeah. basically what has been we've been working on, like for the winter tourism, we have now this uh, location called the work baths. Uh, it, it's similar to like the Blue Lagoon, to the baths in uh, the north, uh, Skorbeth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mivatn and, and all that. So they are popping up all over the place. Uh, but when you get a magnet like that, people like people want to stay for longer. Like a couple of years ago, it used to be people would drive from the south, stay one night in the east, and then yeah. continue up north. So now we've been working more and more like talking about our magnets. We have, uh, for example, Can the Stuylakil Canyon. We have uh, Kaurenhuka Dam. Not popular with all people, mm, but yes. it, it's a magnificent thing to see. Uh, middle of nowhere, this human construction and uh, it's a conversation oh definitely and uh, i know i might be stepping on a minefield right now but in my my heart even though i was not here when uh, the the locals were debate, debating about it but if it would not be for the dam and the the, the companies associated to the dam uh, i don't think uh, this region here would be so lively right. uh, it is one of the infrastructures that made sure that people want to live here and uh, come here and then Following with that, traveling and tourism grows on top of that. So now the main focus for most of the day tour operators and the hotels is uh, how do we extend the season? Because in my opinion, it doesn't really matter where you go to Iceland. Mm. I always say you have to come at least four times. You have to see uh, a particular location during the summer, the autumn, which is my personal favorite than the winter and the spring mm. because you can go to the same spot like yeah. i have in the forest i have uh, my one of my favorite spots there i go there every year and take a photo or, or just sit and enjoy with a cup of coffee or hot chocolate and uh, just look and uh, observe yeah there is a bit more forestation in the east isn't there oh, but a the few more trees than you <laughs> see in the rest of the country yeah definitely and uh, we are proud to say we have one of the we have one we have the biggest forest I'm, I'm just going to throw it out as a fact. <laughs> and uh, it's called Hatlonstad Forest. Yes. And uh, that is something else that has kept me here in this location. Like uh, many of my friends that have traveled around the world, 
when I took them to the forest for the first time, they told me like, hey, it's like I'm in Finland. There's <laughs> so many trees. Yeah, yeah. And it is something you just don't see in the rest of the country. Oh, no. But people have this idea that there are no trees at all in Iceland, oh, yeah. of course, which is not true. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And uh, that just is uh, one of the beautiful things about the country, as you know. Like uh, each quarter of the country has the contrast. Yeah. The east has yeah. the forest, the north has them as well, but not as much. Then you go to the south coast and you have all the uh, nothingness or the emptiness, the blacks and beaches and so, so forth and so forth. Elithor, thank you very much and the very best of luck when it comes to creating new memories for people here in East Iceland. Thank you and I hope to see you again here. In the Without question, no doubt at all. Elithor Vido, thank you very much from East Highlanders and we'll put a link up to the website on the page that accompanies the show from Ruv English. I'm Darren Adam and you can get in touch anytime. We are english at ruv.is on email. There is more from Roof English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English. Roof English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. <laughs>